you know what it looked like in that last game is everyone just thinks Donovan's get, Donovan's going to get everything done himself. Like nobody's moving around, nobody's trying to create anything. Everyone just stands around. And is like, ah, let Donovan do it. He can do everything. Well, he needs a little help. The Davis Vision Summer LASIK Sale is going on now. Get rid of those contacts and glasses and save $1,000. Start your road to better vision at Davis Vision. Check them out at davisvisionmd.com or call them today at 801-253-2080. That's Davis Vision. Who is that, Yak? Let me find out. I forgot his name. All right. Well, use the open mic like that listener did right there. Cornelius, you send in your I think it was. Cornelius? <laughs> yeah. Cornelius, a.k.a. Brock. Thank you, Brock. <laughs> Nobody's moving around. Yeah, it's Move! Old. It's, it's old school. Spread out! <laughs> Spread out. <laughs> Parent <laughs> to every six-year-old team ever. <laughs> Spread out! As you know, I was yelling at my, my daughter's soccer team all year. Nothing, yeah. nothing changes. It doesn't even change with the sport. Since playing baseball the, and the right fielder goes over and is talking change. to the center fielder. Back to right field. Yeah, there isn't nearly as much motion. There's more standing still waiting for the three-point shot. They don't want cutters dragging defenders in the lane when Donovan's ready to Eurostep his way through the paint to another hoop or more free throws. Look at you, man. That's just beautiful right there. You like that? Cutters. Cutters. I mean, you know the lingo. You know all the lingo, man. Nope. There's lingo I don't know. Oh, no. Not in soccer and basketball. That's your wheelhouse Cup. right there. Take it to the cup. Uh, uh, DB, when DB says handles, oh, man. She's the best, isn't she? Handles. <laughs> you mean you can dribble with both hands and change direction? Absolutely the best. What are the ramifications of game four? And Matt says momentum and confidence for the Clippers. And lots of confidence for the Jazz. But it's not irreversible. That's why I'm curious about after the game. How much are they doing the slow burn? How much did that frustration eat at them and motivate them for game five? Do they need that? Got to punch back. If that's what's going to get you going, if something else gets you going. Right. So I do mean, do you need, need the crowd? No. And, but if that is what gets you going, then I guess you do. I don't think that's the only way to do it. Just but talk one to of these things needs to right there. Yeah, one of these things needs to work. Play better. Yes. Why do you play better? I think you play better. You can show some more determination and grit and all those intangible things that are non-analytical. You don't have to say it. You need to show it. Because it's going to require more effort and more energy. And we saw at the start of game four. Showing it is the most important. Saying it, if for some folks, if you think it's nice, fine, I can't argue with you. But you don't have to say it. You have to show it. That's the truth. And truth is eternal, as you guys know. And so you, you can say whatever you want, but you've got to show it. And whatever works for you to get yourself mentally prepared to the highest level that you could possibly be and emotionally ready to go. And the, the crowd will provide the lift because we'll feel the buzz in the arena tomorrow. The crowd is going to be there and they're going to be electric because this fan base takes a lot of hits because there's like five idiots out there in the state. And so therefore, every, every last one of you is a racist and so forth and so on. 
and you've been that way uh, since Brigham took the first step west. I mean, we can extend this out as ludicrous as much as we want. Uh, but they're going to be there, and you're going to feel the surge of energy as the clock counts down to the introduction of the starting lineup. So every one of these guys is going to be fired up because the 17,489 are going to make that happen. All right, so that'll be there. So they'll be ready to go. Now go out and play the game that you're capable of playing. This is going to be a game that I anticipate so much because this this game here, this is what it's about, man. See what you got. How do you respond? It's all set up. Pretty much everybody and their dog has counted you out. There's like three national people who are going to pick the Jazz. So now, shock the world. Yeah. Get to play the nobody believed in this card. And I think you can. If that's what you need, and I don't know that you need that, but it would be sweet if you get it. You find a way to win two in a row or two out of three or the back end of two. Whatever it might be, just get the two. That's okay, all that you, matters, man. You covered it there because I thought you were going to say 3-2, yeah, it'll be sweet. I'm like, yeah, you have to get the other one, and Dallas yeah. couldn't do it. Right. I, I mean, the Clippers, it really is, you're going to have to rip it away from them. They're not going to give it to you. Well, like, you to why do not you have to, why do they have to rip, can't you have to rip it away from the Jazz? I mean, are we that, are we that mentally weak that we've caved in now and the Jazz are a long shot? Is that what it is? People, people want to say no, but they're afraid the answer is yes. Oh, people. But they want to say no. Show no. David James wrong. The guy you loved, the guy you loved for like five decades who got you through <laughs> 2001 and 9-11, the guy who's been there, he's been your buddy for, he's practically helped raise your kids. He does charity work. I mean, he's working on the ozone. Uh, there's really nothing that he's not doing working to on the, the ozone can, yeah. what are you talking about i know i don't know what that i'm talking about i only know antarctica you're, you're right dealing no you dude what kind of car do you drive hello you're working on the ozone the lambo so on you <laughs> the lambo your work i i put gas in my car you're working on the ozone i'm not put gas in my car you got one of these things that's powered and helps the environment. Not me. I'm not. I'm going to be dead in 25 years. What do I care? I care about one person, me. You care about everybody. Well, there's that. <laughs> you are awesome. I am awesome. I'm feeling very awesome. I mean, Good poll, Yak. It's how you are. <laughs> me? One guy. My mother taught me. Oh, excuse me. My birthing person taught me. <laughs> nice. How about that? Okay. Suppose you adopt it or suppose you go into foster and they call you mom. How does that work? It's not a birthing person. What's up there? Hmm. Wonder about that puppy. But here. Still working on that. I haven't worked all the way through that. <laughs> Those are solving the problems there when we change that language. Here, we got to believe in the team. I believe in the team. You have your doubts. I believe they're going to win this series. Nice. Because I believe they're going to reach down and they're going to summon something that's there that doesn't show up on a film session. Not that that's not important because it is extremely important. I don't doubt that. I don't doubt the. Yeah, analytics. it might show up on a film session because I think the things you're talking about will lead to the, you know, the the open shooters are going to see when they watch film. You know, when you, when you have that, you're talking about it, it can show you, up, you're but it might have not. The energy to close out. Yeah. And challenge that shot because the contested shots. That's man, hard. 
the person the 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 odds of him going in go way down when you contest him. Summon energy where energy might not be there on the surface. Find a way. That's the beauty of this thing, man. Oh, I love being in this situation where you're counted out. Nobody believes in you. They think you're dogs. They think you're a fraud. You're not good enough. I'm two months into my career, if you call it that, at the watchdog, and the editor says to me, I think you should find another job. Freaking two months, and I moved my family 10 hours, and I'm two months into the job, and I'm told, I think you should find another job. Two months! I got 18 months in before they told me that. <laughs> Not here. Yeah. Well, they were wrong. No, they were wrong about you. Some would say they weren't. You're still here. What was that? They're gone. Give me that moment of that. <laughs> You're still here. No, the, before that. They're gone. No. The, oh. <laughs> I didn't know which one you wanted. <laughs> and now, boys, everybody's counting you out. You were a fraud. This season, you're only number one because Anthony Davis and LeBron missed like got hurt 45, 50 games, whatever. And the Clippers had no interest. And Jamal Murray got hurt. And the Suns, you're a nice, cute story, but who cares about you? Suns can 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 claim that too. The Jazz and Suns, it's it's like uh, it's like when a trainer enters two horses in the same race, right? One and one A. And you're there because the L.A. teams didn't want it or were too hurt to go get it. Yeah. Yeah. In Clippers' case, it's more about preventative. Well, he's played three in a row. And, and Jamal Murray well. got hurt and blew out his knee. A serious, serious injury for the young man. Wish him well in his recovery. Get back soon. So all these things. The lead, your hero, Colin Cowherd. <laughs> my hero. The guy who ran it up there on the state taxes that you thought was so insightful. And Multiple agents saying that. He didn't just come up with that. And they were wrong. Well, agents are still advising their clients. And they that. were it's still wrong. happening. And they were wrong. Well, I don't think they were. I'm looking at you, Kevin Durant. I'm looking at you, Anthony Davis. I'm looking at you, LeBron James. If you want to go to California, the most taxed state, that's wrong. They're not going to California with an aching in their heart. They're going to California with a cash in their bank account. That's the new updated version of the Led Zeppelin song. Sing it. Going to California, all sorts of money in my pocket. Yeah. Your hero is saying, they're done. Don't even bother to show up. Start, Mike, get ready for next season, wherever you may be. Because you're not going to play again. We do have that tweet coming in. Has Conley played his last game for the Jazz? No. I would accept there I would expect that there's some type of Anthony Davis effort to play even if he can't go. I don't know how close he is to being hundred percent healthy. You need to be hundred percent? That's the point. That's where I think that some jazz fans it's under their skin. Do you need to be hundred percent to play? I think that that is the organization's attitude towards injuries. And I think that's why Donovan miss, Mitchell missed game one against Memphis. That was their... Somebody thought he wasn't 100%, so he So sat. that was their attitude then. Is it their attitude now? Stakes are much, much higher. Yeah, I think you get deeper in a series, there's a chance that changes. But I don't know how close he is to 100%. I mean, is he, is he going to be 100% for a game five, six, or seven? Or is he going to come back... Because he's 80% and he wants to give it a go because it's an elimination game. I think the one thing that I, I mean, I don't know any of this, but what I suspect is that he won't finish the series 
He, he's not done. He's he's going to dress at some point. Maybe not. Okay. Maybe it's maybe it's worse than that. But I think he'll at least make an attempt to go if they're down three two. Well, I'm going to pull out a fancy phrase that I used earlier. Tomorrow night is the de facto elimination game. And that's where I was about to go. Do they feel like he has to go tomorrow? Because if they're down 3-2, do they think they have a chance going to L.A.? I have a chance. I mean, they have a chance, but, but do they think they do? Sure. I think they will. Yeah. I think they will. Yeah. But it'll be a longer shot. Clippers are great when things are going well, as are most of us. It's harder when things are going poorly. Yeah. Weston in Salt Lake says it's definitely a difficult situation for Utah, but this is unfortunately the identity of the Jazz over my lifetime. They look so good all season, but when it really matters, they just can't close the deal. Now, and this is for a 2-2. They're not even down in the series, and they have home court. They're de- I think. See, that's what I was going back to earlier in the show. If, I think Jazz fans feel like they're down 2-2. And it's what you said. It's the mar- it's the recency bias because of the last game they saw, and it's the margin of victory. Yeah, the Jazz eked out two at home, but the Clippers rolled. I don't think they eked out game two. It was more. They six did have, point. They win. did have a twenty point lead. Yep, won by six. They won by three and six at home, but they have now lost by twenty six and fourteen on the road. And the final margin can be deceiving. 14 is yeah, a little 20, kind to them. Whatever, whatever. I mean, they got, they got blown out both games. I don't, I don't think they put up much resistance in either game the way you need to. So I don't really care what the final score was or what the margin of defeat or victory was. They didn't put up enough resistance. That was evident. And th- this is so sweet, man. Everything's negative towards this is where I wallow. <laughs> It's all negative. Feel the negativity. Yeah. And then what do you do? What do you freaking do? I was told in my radio career here, if you can call it that, get out at 10 o'clock because they're going to fire you on Tuesday. Get out. When the show's over, don't linger. (laughs) Leave immediately. I need more time to work this through because they're going to fire you Tuesday at 10 a.m. These are facts. You have good sources. These are facts, man. Exactly. Yeah, I may have used devious methods to find that out, but (laughs) there's no such thing as devious methods when you're a reporter. And that's what I was told. So your back was against the wall, and it worked out. Now the Jazz, here we are, 19 years later. Back to the wall. But it feels like it. You just it, said it does. It does they're, they're like trailing two two. It does feel like it. So they're and that the they're, the they're, percentage they're, of people they are at that point. The percentage of people who will yeah. be going to Wendover or clicking on their phone and putting money on the Jazz to win a game six down three two, uh, infinitesimal. So you went and psh. yeah, I did because <laughs> that is how small a percentage. Okay, this I don't put money on it because I don't gamble. Yeah, but I'm gonna I'd put it on the Jazz to win. In game six, yeah. down 3 2? Because you just said no, this. Up. Oh, no, no, no game no, no, five. No. Game no, five. The question five. is up. Oh, yeah. No, they could win. Ga- if they win game five, they can go win game six in LA. Well, well, well I'm only they, worried about game five. This is why game five is de facto. If they yeah, lose game yeah. five, well, then the odds are hurt. Yeah, the Whoever odds are lose game five is in a world of hurt, obviously. But you have way more faith in the Clippers' ability to go win game six at home and force a game seven. Well, that, but I would, too, if the Jazz were coming home. So that's. Right. That's a the way the series is set up. Particular of the yeah. series, so that's and not not only the way it's set up, but the way they played at home. I mean, they've looked really good. Sure, 
But I'm not worried about game six right now. I mean, it's all about game five. See what you got, man. I can't be more jacked about this game. This is this is a perfect scenario. Ron says game five is must win. If Conley's even remotely healthy, he must play. He'll have all offseason to recover. That's the thing about it. You know, you hear about re-aggravating it more. Okay, re-aggravate it more. Well, you can think about all the future series you think you're going to be in early in the series and when you're up. But at 2-2, facing the thought of losing and going down 3-2, do you worry about the future series anymore? No. I no. mean, it's just game one. No, there's no there. need to play him. Right. And then you win game one, so yeah. now there's no urgency to play him in game two. And they're still not behind yeah. right now. So. And then there's the whole thing. I mean, they say mild. Like what, it's what they keep saying. What, is that, what does that mean? I don't know. That's what it's meant so body. far is he's out. That's all that matters. Mild or severe. It's the same thing. And the thing about this, if he can go, go. Because it's not a big-time knee injury that's going to impact you getting another contract. So that's one thing, right? And secondly, how much more money do you need? You've made millions and millions and millions. Yeah, You're but is 33 it, years old. Is it, it, all that's true, but isn't the point more that they're going to need him against Phoenix in the next round, so don't re-aggravate it now? Now you're suddenly faced with the thought of not getting to the next round. It's Well, not getting to the next round supersedes I'm going to need him in yes. the next round. I was going to say, yeah, survive right now. Right. I'll take my chances later. If I lose because Conley can't play and I had to play him now to get there, and I don't know that it's going to come to that either. It's like he's going to be the most significant difference. He's not Anthony Davis to the Lakers. He's not as good of a player, plus the Jazz are better without Conley, far better than the Lakers were without Anthony Davis. So you got two things going on there. DJ and PK... Reminding you, the top 60 and 60 is back on the Zone Sports Network. Listen every day at 1.30 as Hans and Scotty announce another, another member of the top 60 players in the state of Utah as they count you down to the start of the college football season. It's the top 60 and 60, presented by Cypress Credit Union and Icon Health and Fitness on 97.5 FM, 1280 AM, and the Zone Sports Network. U.S. Open Preview with Brian Taylor from Real Golf Radio. Coming up next, Mike Smith, jazz analyst for AT&T Sportsnet at 9 o'clock. Stay with us. Fires an off-balance three, he hit it, he hit it, he hit it. Joe Ingles. The series is all tied up at two. Oh, God, he it. Our Utah Jazz are back at home to host the Clippers in game five. Tomorrow, the Jazz Live pregame show kicks off at seven with tip-off at eight on your home for Utah Jazz basketball. Rise, fire, The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. DJ PK, it's time for you in a golf U.S. Open preview with Real Golf Radio's Brian Taylor. And it's brought to you by Mountainland Supply, Zions Bank, Black Desert Resort, and Get Some Guns and Ammo. Brian, good morning. Oh, this is the way the morning is going. Everything. It really is. I'm so irritated. Give up an open shot. Don't have the guest on the phone. <laughs> did you not hear my good morning? We no. did not. We were cheated out of your good morning. Yeah. Let me try again. Good morning. Now I feel better. All right. <laughs> Happy to be there for you, PK. Thank you. We are jealous. 
We're jealous of you and Bob running down to Torrey Pines and playing the U.S. Open course before the U.S. Open. I guess the one thing we don't know, since it's a public course and lots of people get to play it, is how much was it in open-ish shape when you played it? How much could you see what the guys are going to be up against? Well, we've been there twice uh, during the U.S. Open, 2008 and again a couple weeks ago. And I, I would say in both instances, uh, the, you know, it was about three weeks out. Golf course was getting there. Uh, certainly different than when we have visited there during the Farmers in January, early February. Um, rough is definitely up. Fairways are tighter. Uh, greens and uh, complexes are firmer. I, I, it was really notable how, how firm uh, the golf course was already just a few weeks ago. And Phil Mickelson said Monday in his press conference that, you know, even in two days uh, that he'd been working out there, it had firmed up significantly. So um, it's, it's going to be different. Um, you know, I think Phil described it best. You know, you've, you've got firmer fairways that aren't going to hold. You know, and during the farmers, it's, it's softer, so you can just kind of drive it down the middle. Now you got to shape it into fairways so that it, it actually stays there. So, as you know, it's a huge advantage to hit fairways in the U.S. Open. It's not the only thing. Bryson proved that last year at Wingfoot, but uh, it certainly is an advantage. And then just trying to, trying to keep it in, in position, you know, on the green to be able to make some putts. So it was fun. I, I, I think I've mentioned this before. When you play Torrey Pine South at any time, it's an experience, quote-unquote. Uh, it's not exactly a fun day of golf. It's hard. It's a very, very difficult golf course. So these guys have played all over the world and played all these courses many times over. They've played them when they are either for fun or a regular tournament, and then sometimes these places host the tournament, the U.S. Open, so they know that there's going to be changes versus when they played it before or, in this case, you know, when it's a regular tour and all that stuff. How much difference does it make in their game from compared to when they played it the other times, whenever that may be, versus when the particular course is the U.S. Open course? Yeah, I think it varies venue to venue, uh, really. There are some venues that play drastically different uh, when the USGA gets a hold of them. And there's other golf courses that are made for U.S. Open setups, just the way the USGA likes them. And as the caddy says, Torrey Pines is one of those golf courses where you just got to grow the rough up a little bit and switch the flags from Torrey flags to USGA flags. And um, so I, I think Wingfoot was that way last year a little bit. You know, um, there are other golf courses where they, I don't want to say trick it up, but they really narrow the fire. Pebble Beach is a great example. Pebble is vastly different uh, with, from what the guys play in, at the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am versus when they play U.S. Open. The rough is, is, is grown in. The fairways are narrowed significantly. It's not a wide-open, linksy-style golf course that they normally see at, at, the, at the regular Pebble Beach stop. So uh, I think it varies venue to venue. And, uh, I mean, this is an interesting one. I've only seen the one U.S. Open there in 2008, and Tiger Woods won. And I think that was, like, what, the eighth or ninth time that Tiger Woods has won at Torrey Pines. And so I, I have to think that maybe Torrey's one of those where you look at past success, where, you know, it does play a lot more similar to when they re- normally play there. And, and so you can use a little bit of the, you know, history of the players at the Farmers to determine maybe who might fare well at the U.S. Open on that particular venue. So uh, as, as I've been looking at it, that that's sort of seems to be the thing that lines up a little bit with Torrey. 
Now, usually you come on and second guess our draft picks. The draft is tomorrow. We have you on the day before, so why don't you give us some hot tips so that PK and I have an edge over Bob? Because nobody wants Bob to win. We don't want him to win. You don't want to listen to him. I mean, that's the one thing the three of us have in common. Nobody wants to listen to Bob after he wins. Well, the, the, the odds-on betting favorite is John Rahm. He's an interesting one, right? I mean, he got his first win at Torrey Pines. He was a six-shot runaway uh, with fifty with uh, 18 holes to play at the Memorial, and then he got sidelined with COVID. So he's been in quarantine. I, I feel like you know he's probably sitting there with un, some unfinished business. Uh, he's he's good friends with Phil Mickelson. Uh, his brother Tim Mickelson was was John uh, was was Rahm's first agent, and so I, I think there's probably a lot of uh, going on there. I think there's he's of all the top players, he probably has the fewest question marks about his game. He just but, you know, he hasn't won a major yet, so he's looking for his first major championship win. That certainly is the next step for a guy like John Rahm. If he can control his demeanor, that's always been some of the challenges. Is he's had a tendency to blow up and not be able to withstand the mental challenge. But John Rahm is, is one. I, and Brooks Koepka is hard to overlook. I mean, he didn't play last year at Wingfoot, but he's, so you take that one out. In the last three U.S. Opens he's played, he's gone win-win runner-up. Um, in fact, since 2014 – He's 17 under par in the U.S. Open. That's 10 strokes better than his closest competitor, which is Xander Schauffele, which, by the way, I think Xander is also a, a great pick this week. Another San Diegan who's one of the best players in the world. He's had good success at Torrey Pines and is just, you know, is, is probably one of those right along with Phil as their backdoor, backyard kind of favorites for this week. One interesting thing about Kepka, he hasn't broken par in his last seven rounds at Torrey Pines. So, that's a little bit unique. And, and I think I mentioned Phil Mickelson. I think he's one you have to look at. I, listening to his comments, he's in a different space right now. He's totally healthy. And you think about this when we're watching NBA playoffs and you think about the experience that, that players have. They've been there before. And that's usually an advantage. And yet you look at a 50-year-old, and that's a detriment in golf because no one's ever done it. Well, now Phil's done it. And, you know, Phil is a guy that, I mean, he's never lacked for confidence. But the guy is over-brimming with confidence right now, and he's putting in the extra work physically, mentally, and, and, and from a golf standpoint. And, and I think he's probably one you got to look at. So um, Dustin Johnson's number one in the world. He, he's missed the cut in back-to-back majors. But he's also tied for six or better in five of his last U.S. Opens. So I've ripped off some names for you there. John Rahm, Brooks Koepka, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Xander Schauffele. I mean, I like all those guys. Um, I think we have to go to a I – know, I know, by the way, Bob's going to pick Jordan Spieth. So if you want to let him have that one, he has eight top tens in his last 11 starts, but he's only had one win. And I think his best finish since winning the U.S. Open in 2015 is tied for 35th. So not necessarily – he missed the cut this year at the Farmers. So uh, maybe you let – go ahead and let Bob have that Jordan Spieth pick and, and uh, go with one of those other guys. But – um, Tony Fina, our hometown guy, is another one. We can get into him if you want, but I, I think he's one that would be a good pick this week. So obviously, Phil, he tends to be a favorite wherever he is, but particularly in the desert and then over there, the two places where he's has a ton of following. And I don't know if it matters, but it'll be fun to see if he can maintain what he did in the U.S. or in the PGA, I should say, would be the ultimate golf story. With that in mind, and this is California, so I'm not sure what the rules are. What are we expecting crowd-wise? Yeah, they're going to have limited crowds, unfortunately. Um, As you said, it is California. Uh, They limited the media. Uh, We thought maybe we would get a chance to get out there this week, and and, uh, they basically are are keeping it to the same crowd that was there at at Wingfoot in September. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be a little quiet. I do think Phil will be a huge favorite, you know, from a crowd standpoint for those that are there. When we were there, they were putting the grandstands up, and they were, they were tiny compared to what we saw there in 08. 
So uh, it, it'll be a little quieter, but it's not going to be dead quiet. Uh, I think you'll have enough fans to, to make some noise, and, and I think they'll be excited to see how Phil does. So where, what is a winning score going to look like here? How tough is the course going to be? Is this uh, U.S. Open where you just, uh, if you break par, you celebrate wildly? I think so. You know, looking back at, at Tiger's win, you know, he doubled the first hole, I think, three times that week shot three over the final round and, and had to birdie the 18th to get into a playoff. We all remember that putt. Pretty remarkable. Um, it's, I think, both the both uh, um, Tiger and uh, Rocco were one under par uh, at the end of the week. So, and, and each of them in that final round, each made three birdies apiece. So it's going to be one of those. I don't think you're going to see a birdie fest. I really think it's one of those hang on. Um, Phil talked about it in his press conference that he, he watched Tiger pick his spots of where he could, you know, be a little bit aggressive on some putts. But for the most part, it is. I think it's going to be one of those that's going to hover right around, you know, I mean, maybe one or two, three or four under par at the most. Um, if, you can, if you can shoot one under every day at Torrey Pines for four days, I, I would think you've got a great shot of winning. So a few years back, it was fun to follow the likes of Thomas Spieth, McElroy, uh, Fowler, young guys on the come. And they've sort of, uh, at this point, they're not old by any stretch, but they're beyond, like, the young guys on the tour. And I think they've been replaced by a guy named Colin Morikawa. I point to him being this is his 50th start. And he's had some, uh, what's he have, four wins, and obviously he's got a major. Uh, Do you think that he could be viewed as a threat to really make a huge step this very weekend and put his name out there that I'm a guy to be reckoned with going forward for the next 10, 15 years. Oh, hundred percent. Um, you know, he won the last major on the West coast, uh, yeah. which was up, up the coast there at Harding park in San Francisco. Right. You know, that, that was an interesting one. PK, you look, you look at guys and, and sort of what's inside of them. If you remember that one, it was, there were no fans. It was no. dead quiet, which right. is unfortunate, but, yep. but you remember that Sunday, there were all the best players. Brooks was there. Bryson was there. DJ was there. Tony was there. And all the guys were right there. And it felt like nobody on Sunday wanted to take it. And Colin Morikawa stepped up and drove the green on, what was it, 16? Yep. And made the eagle putt and, and just took the golf tournament. And he won the WGC earlier this year at Concession, which is a very difficult golf course. I think when you look at golf swings and, and the proverbial ball striker you know, title, Colin Morikawa was that guy, and you know he's his putter has been a little bit suspect. He's 161st on tour in putting. That's my only sort of asterisk, if you will. But in spite of that, he is definitely one of the best players uh, out there on the PGA Tour, and I think he's absolutely one that you got to reckon with. And, and you're right, he's part of that new younger crowd that's sort of uh, replacing the young guns that you previously mentioned that have, that are now sort of the the veterans out there. Is the media overblowing the whole uh, DeChambeau hate fest, or is that the real deal? You know, it's really hard to figure out what those two are doing. Um, it's kind of a fine line. Uh, I, I look at that situation, and, and there's a lot of ways I just chuckle at it. I mean, you know, they're, they're going back and forth at each other, you know, on social media, and, you know, it's causing, you know, uh, commentary around golf and, and getting people to say, hey, what's going on here? It's it's interesting. It's noteworthy, which golf a lot of the times isn't. And at the same time, at the root of it, you have one of today's best stars buying beer for fans that are heckling one of his rivals. And I, I can't help but think there's probably something 
a little wrong with that, right? I mean, uh, that, that's one of those things that, you know, when the cat's out of the bag, that's going to be tough to put it, put it back in, right? I mean, it, <laughs> that could get out of control. We, the mashed potatoes, the get in the hole, the you're the man screams after every tee shot, they got old really fast. And now if you're going to basically, hey, if I go do something crazy for one of my guys against one of his rivals, I might get a mention on social media and a nod from one of his sponsors. Um, yeah, I mean, th- that changes things dramatically. I- I- I'm not sure that's the direction we want to go in the game of golf. But um, anyway, th- th- that's my-, my commentary on that. As far as whether there's a real, you know, sort of hatred or a- an actual rivalry between these two, I don't know. I mean, Brooks comes across as a bit of a, you know, the, the little that I've been around him in the comments is he's kind of just to keep to himself. I don't really make too much big. I don't make a big deal about this whole game of golf. It's what I do for a living. Otherwise, I'm just my own dude, and I don't get too wrapped up in it. And that guy, he's way too wrapped up in it, and that bugs me. I mean, that, that to me, that seems like that's sort of the root of, of, of everything that's going on there. Um, but, you know, sure, is the media overblown? Of course. Everything gets overblown these days. I don't think anything is understated. If there's a little spark, let's gaslight that thing and blow the whole thing up. So, yeah, that, I, I think that's what's going on. But we'll, we'll see. Pairings come out today, and there is a traditional USGA pairing that puts the reigning U.S. Open champ, the reigning U.S. Amateur champ, and a past U.S. Open winner. Well, the reigning U.S. Open champ is Bryson, and the past two U.S. Open champions previous is Brooks Kepka. So does the USGA... Are they going to pile on? Do they want the ratings? Yeah, probably. I mean, look for that pairing to come out later on today. It'll be something to talk about for sure. So I want to go to bed on Sunday, happy man. And in order for that to happen, I need Phil Mickelson to win the U.S. Open, and I need the Jazz to win Game 7. It's going to happen on both accounts, isn't it? Wow. Um, <laughs> going, to, going to major lengths to avoid the word no. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Brian Taylor. Those would be two count, great stories. Count me in as a bit of a disheartened jazz fan last night. So um, uh, that, was, that was not fun to watch. Um, it was tough to watch, I should say. God, I, I, I sure like to think that the number one overall seed in the NBA regular season has a better chance of of moving on, you know, to the finals, uh, Western Conference finals, than Phil Mickelson does to repeat as back-to-back oldest major champion winner ever, right? And to get over the six times a runner-up, never quite could win the U.S. Open. I, I mean, I would have to think that Phil story would would be way bigger than the Jazz, you know, getting past the Clippers this week. I, 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 to me, the Jazz should get past the Clippers. Phil Mickelson shouldn't be winning majors at 50. He did it. I think he still has a good chance. He's someone we definitely got to watch, and um, I think he's playing as, maybe as well as he has his entire career. But, uh, yeah, I, I, boy, I hate to PK, man. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> don't do that to me. Uh, How about Tony Finau in the Jazz winning? Now, maybe we go uh, – Go know, complete local? Yeah, go complete local. And actually, I mean, go ahead. Yeah, no, I, he's – I mean, real quick, just his stats. He's, you know, at the Farmers – He's coming up off a T2 this year, and he has uh, top six in four of his last five years playing at Torrey Pines. In his, he's, he's played in 20 majors now. He has 10 top 10s, including nine of his last 13. 
He's had two top tens and five U.S. Open appearances. So, I, I you know, why not, Tony, this why week? Not? That's what I said. We've been why saying not? it for weeks, months, years. <laughs> so, uh, I follow you, and I think that uh, it's going to happen at some point. I don't know which tournament, but I, I think uh, just odds-wise and game-wise. And the thing about Phil, when he tees it up, he will be 51. That's true. Yeah. That's true. His birthday So, why June not 16th. get one at 50 and 51? Yeah. And then get the Masters uh, next spring. And wasn't yeah, he'll, he'll be all about that. Fifty one fifty. Wasn't that a Van Halen album too? Mm, so, I mean, yeah, yeah. See what you just did there. Yeah. So I know there's nothing that would compare to Phil doing it. He's literally the oldest, and he does it again. Obviously, nobody's done it. Is the closest thing when Marco Mira over forty won two really quickly? Uh, that's a pretty that's a good comparison. Um, I don't think Mark had won any majors at that point in time, though. Um, and he wins back to back at forty two or whatever, forty maybe it's forty on the dot. Um, yeah, I'm starting to th- I'm trying to think. Um, yeah, Darren Clark, uh, he won one late. Um, right? Didn't Darren Clark win one late? Wait, now maybe I'm forgetting. Maybe I'm mistaken. No, I think yeah, he got the Claret Jug. So um, Ernie Els. I think Ernie Els had a little bit of a run late in his career, so yeah. I, I, but maybe I don't mirror. That's probably a good, probably a good comparison. All right. All right. Well, the draft with Bob. We've got your tips now, so thanks for that going forward, and uh, we'll see how this works out. You know what, PK? Because what? this fits you. You need to pick Patrick Reed because nobody else wants to pick him. <laughs> but you're you're surly enough to pick him. Pick Patrick Reed. He won at the Farmers this year, and he's 17th uh, around the greens and fourth in putting. I mean, nobody likes him, but he's probably he's going to be in contention. I, I would say he's going to be in contention. What do you mean I'm surly enough? How does that make me feel? Exactly surly. You want to feel Just surly. a happy, low go lucky, lovable dude that I am. I wonder if Reed Jeez, is. I wonder yuck. if Reed is jealous of DeChambeau getting all this run as uh, you know unlikable. Nasty. Like, hey, I'm Patrick Reed. I'm nasty and unlikable. <laughs> Get off my lawn. I'm a golfer. This is all my lawn. That's the best moment of the morning, right there. Holy Love cow! It. Thank you, Brian. See you, boys. Brian Taylor, suffering jazz fan and golf analyst. Every Saturday morning, six to nine a.m. Bob Casper, Brian Taylor, Real Golf Radio, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Mike Smith, jazz analyst for AT&T Sportsnet, is coming up in 15 minutes. Stay with us. If this team is great, we got to see how they respond after we just got punched in the face uh, over two-game period. What do you think, Quinn? That's great. (laughs) (laughs) What was that? That was JJ. It must have been his daughter or something. That was very creative. <laughs> DJ PK brought to you in part by Christian Roberts Mortgage. If you're going to work with an expert for your next home loan, you need to connect with the most referred lender in Utah, Christian Roberts Mortgage. They specialize in jumbo loans. Careers will be made. Legacy cemented. For sure? No. This is it. Only for the negative. Oh, because for the positive, you just get beat in the next round. If that were to happen. But, yeah, if they lose, they're going to be exposed as frauds. Everybody's going to pile on. Okay. So everyone piled on the Clippers last year, but now they could win the title this year. So who cares if everybody piles on? I mean, there's always another chapter. Except Kawhi Leonard and Ty Lue 
have won they, the ship. They, they do. Nobody yes. here has. And that's Los Angeles. People go there. No, We can't even get Markeith Morris to come here <laughs> to just hang out for a couple <laughs> days. You don't want Markeith Morris to come here and hang out for a couple days. Well, he doesn't want to. And you don't believe. You believe Marcus Morris saying what he said. Told you so. No one's ever going to come here. No one of any, any caliber. I can never say no one is ever going to come here, but there is still a strong, and I don't think it's just this. I think when we talked about that Washington Post story, which is the story jazz fans want, it's the story Ryan Smith wants. Hey, Salt Lake's a cool place. Here's all these cool things happening here during the playoffs. I'm a writer. I went there and had a good time. Look at all of this. And then you went straight to the comments, and it was just negative, 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 just piling on. So... I get the ignorant, desire. Ignorant, ignorant, ignorant. I ignorant. get. I get the desire to change that narrative. I think it's really heavy lifting and takes a long time. I don't. Now, any one player, and that's it's basketball. So you break through on the right guy, and who cares if you know the narrative is ninety five percent against you? If you get the one guy you need slash want, that's enough in many cases. So you got that going for you, but I yeah, just, but it's an ongoing thing. It, it that's the point. It is an ongoing I mean, thing, I, and there's I still this a lot man's of going to own the team for the next fifty years. That was years, what whatever. the press conference told us, right? That yeah. was what Gail Miller, so it's not you know, not a single player. You're right, but Eject, to get rejecting you, or accepting, you lose. So uh, it could be about one accepting because you lose more way more than you win, and if you get the right player to accept and you win a championship, then all the other failures. It's like you just said about Ka- about Ty Lue and, and Kawhi. You don't lose more than you win. You don't win as much as you win. Okay, because you, you, you go you to the finals and lose. You're not losing. Losing, but it cements. But term. it cements legacies. I mean, for all of their awesome Hall of Fame careers. Carl Malone, John Stockton, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, Reggie Miller. We can go on down the line. You know, oh, they all lost to Jordan. Well, they, they're all in the finals. I mean, Ewing didn't lose to Jordan in the finals. He lost to Hakeem in the finals, but you get the point. Okay. What's the point? So I think if you get the right person and you get one, then even if you can't change most of the narrative, which I think will be very hard to change, uh, I don't. that's good enough. You got the one. That's what people are craving. Now, when yeah, you get the one, there'll probably the one. be an argument about getting the two. The, if they get the one now, the, in time they'll be gone, and then you'll, the, the next group will get the one. That, the, that's the thing about it is here is they got an opportunity just to really cement stuff and just erase and take away all that crap. It can't be done here. Mm-hmm. And... It starts tomorrow night when the whole world is against you. Every single person, even the most passionate fan in Australia, is like, ah, I don't, I don't <laughs> know, it. mate. <laughs> There's some dude in Adelaide who's doubting Joe Ingles. Tell Joe. This is what, this is what really excites me, man. You can shut up everybody by winning two more ball games. Then you'll have enough confidence to take the Suns on. And then we know the Nets are battered. Who knows which Nets are even going to play? I mean, we, who knows they, who's they, coming out of the East? They don't right? get any run out of the fact that Spencer Dinwiddie isn't playing, and he's a fine player. <laughs> they're not. It's getting, like he's so far off. They're the not radar. getting any run out of that. Well, they're yeah. three stars. Yeah, they're not getting any run. I mean, he's a really good player. So they're they they're really battered. So man, this is such a great opportunity. I really hope these guys seize it. 
It's time for the Uinta Golf U.S. Open giveaway. Caller 12 right now. You will be assigned. We're going with a big one. The field. Ooh, the field. You get everybody. Not in the top 25. And if someone from the field wins, you'll receive a Callaway staff bag. It is brought to you by Uinta Golf. Serving Utah golfers since 1971. You love the underdog. You love the little guy. You love the long shot. You want the field. Right now, 855-340-ZONE. Caller number 12, 855-340-ZONE. When we come back, Mike Smith, Utah Jazz Analyst for AT&T Sportsnet. Stay with us.